Welcome back to Pixel Project Radio, the video game discussions podcast where we talk all about our favorite video games and some of yours too. I'm Rick Firestone, of course, your host, no surprise there. Uh, before we get started, just want to make some brief social plugs. If you like the show, if you like what you hear, if you like what you've heard, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter under Pixel Project Radio. We'll talk more about that later on in the show, but I wanted to introduce that uh, as a little tease right now. Today's topic, Sonic. We all know him. We all, well, we don't all love him, but we all know him. And there's something to be said there. We are talking about Sonic, specifically 3D Sonic, the 3D era of Sonic games featuring Sonic Frontiers. This was originally going to be a Frontiers-only episode. That was our proverbial frontier. But we decided to expand it based on uh, some things that happened before. But uh, before we get into that, I want to introduce our guests for this show. Hi, everyone. Future Rick here. So in this recording, time got away from us a little bit. So we didn't have quite the expansive conversation on 3D Sonic as a whole as I was hoping to. It's mostly Sonic Frontiers, and then at the very end, we talk a little bit about 3D Sonic. So, sorry about that. Uh, again, time just got away from us a little bit, but I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. All right, fellas, what else do you have to say? Uh, I'm joined by two Sonic fans. Two, you can count them, two. First up, we have got from the Big Drink Energy podcast, and first on the list of guests here in the recording session, which is why I named him first. We've got Mikey Tabletop from, again, the Big Drink Energy podcast. Mikey, good to see you. Happy to be here. I'm a I'm a big Sonic fan. I, I, I don't want to say I'm a big deal or anything, but the two of you, you're looking at the third grade president of the Sonic fan club at Resurrection Ascension Elementary School. So just like, I'm kind of a big deal. Holy shit. <laughs> Oh my god. I didn't realize that we were in the presence of royalty here. <laughs> it's well, the Sonic fandom's version of royalty. Anyway, <laughs> enough. We're we're gonna get plenty of jabs in at the Sonic fans. Uh and speaking of Sonic fans, we've got one of the bigger ones right here, uh, with our <laughs> next guest. Voice actor extraordinaire and also host of the Outcasts podcast. We have got Brock. What's up, Brock? Good to have you back technically. Yes, uh, it was Rick and I have gotten together before, but that will be uh, that's a uh, lost in the uh, what do you call it, gentlemen? Lost in the archives, I guess, because uh, my audacity screwed up. But it's okay because now we have Mikey here this time, which is just it's better. It's it's always a good time when Mikey's around. But uh, pleasure to be on again for a take two, and uh, I am very excited to get into the discussion of the hog. Yes, like I had mentioned, uh, we pivoted from Frontiers only to more of a generalized 3D Sonic discussion with Frontiers as the sort of springboard, if you'll pardon the pun. That was largely because of a previous session that Brock and I recorded on Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, we had technical difficulties that we couldn't overcome, so we weren't able to release it, but we had a lot of really good discussions around Sonic in general. So I thought, you know, hey, what if we just use this episode uh, to talk about 3D Sonic in general with Frontiers being a sort of springboard? So if you are looking for a uh, super detailed in-depth look at Frontiers, I apologize, that's not this episode. But I think the conversations are going to be really good anyway. 
So why don't we get into it? Um, I wanted to ask both of you what your histories with Sonic are. Uh, I have a feeling that you both are bigger Sonic fans than I am. Uh, so I'm going to break form and uh, I'm going to go first. <laughs> My histories with Sonic, the first Sonic game I ever played was uh, Sonic 3D Blast. I played it on the Sega Saturn because that was my first Ooh. console as a kid. I probably played Sonic 1 somewhere around this general time, but I didn't own a Genesis, so I only really remember Sonic 3D Blast. Growing up, I had a PlayStation, so no Sonic games there, until the PS2 with Sonic right. Heroes, which is when I played it again. And I played some of the GBA titles as well. Uh, your Sonic, uh, what is it called? Sonic Battle and the Sonic Advance games, which are surprisingly pretty good. Uh, but we're not talking about those today. That's kind of the long and short of my history with Sonic. So, uh, Brock, why don't you tell us a little bit about your histories with Sonic? Do you have a favorite game, your first game, anything like that? Uh, surprisingly, actually, uh, I think what I, I was on a show before and I said this, but my my favorite game was the very first Sonic game I've ever played. And that's what we discussed a little bit forever ago is uh, Sonic Adventure 2. My first uh, gaming, it came with my first ever gaming console as well, actually, the uh, Nintendo GameCube. And uh, my mom just on a hunch, really, if you ask her today, she would tell you that uh, the reason why she got Adventure 2 with the GameCube for my Christmas present is uh, she thought that little 10 year old Brock would really like this particular game because of the blue and black and red hedgehog on the front cover. And what and she pretty much she nailed it right on the head. Actually, I can't really recall a lot other than the legendary when it drops you in for the hero story of a city escape. I just uh, to this day, I wish I could get that feeling again. Every like I've reran Adventure 2 like a thousands of times because I'm just. It's just I don't know. There's it like, it's it's hasn't aged well. I'll admit, but because like with like the voice acting in that game is all over the place with like it it's memed all the time with how it gets like the characters cut each other off. But um yeah, so I got the Nintendo GameCube with Sonic Adventure Two. It was my very first game, and it's very loved. And then I honestly think my second game I played was actually Sonic Heroes as well. Awesome. Cool, man. Mikey, what about you? What's your history with Sonic in general? Do you have a favorite game, first game? What's the deal? Um, Favorite game? I'm going to agree with Brock, Sonic Adventure 2. I think that's a lot of people's favorite games. Um, first game, uh, I think it was S Sonic 3 and Knuckles. So mm, so growing up, I didn't, have, I, uh, I, I didn't have any video game consoles. My family didn't let me have video games because they thought it was bad for, for kids or whatever. And I remember one year for Christmas, they, not they, like ants got me something for like the PS1, which I didn't have. And they got it at BJ. So we went to, to BJ's to return it. And I'm looking at it and I, I, I go to the video game section, return it. And they have the Sonic Action 4 pack. I, I This was the first video game I, I ever had. It came with Sonic 3, Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic 3, Knuckles, Sonic R, Sonic CD, and then a collection of just random Sega games. Uh, so, mm -hmm. like, the very first video game that I had was, like, the Sonic collection. So, right out, like, as soon as I was a kid, like, right out the gate, that was, like, the very first thing that I played. And then, growing up, I believe the Sonic the Hedgehog comic book was, it was the first comic book I would go every month 
to the comic book store to pick up the next issue because it was super cool. Uh, so I, I've been a fan of, of Sonic since I was like five and just like stuck with me across any medium, just like, like written, like comic books, video games, or even the TV shows. I was a big fan of Sonic Underground as a kid as well. So mm. been with me my whole life. Oh, sure. Sure. I remember picking up the Sonic magazines or yeah, not magazines, the Sonic comics. Anytime I would see them in the grocery store, mm-hmm. uh, because <laughs> we didn't have a comic store in my sad excuse of a hometown. And we didn't even have a store because we had to go to another town. Anyway, um, enough about that. So today, though, we're talking about Sonic Frontiers, which is the newest entry in the 3D Sonic pantheon of games. Uh, As you might expect, it was developed by Sonic Team and published by Sega just in November of 2022. So very recently, if you're listening at the time this drops... Uh, maybe not so recently if you're listening in the future, but hey, you've got different future things to worry about right now. So Brock, I know you picked this up on day one. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Mikey, did you pick it up on day one as well? No, not on day one. I I got it as a Christmas present from from my abuela. She, she asked... She, she normally gives just like cash, and she didn't want to give cash this year, and she approached my mom and was like, hey, um... In my 80s, I don't know what the kids want nowadays. I have 40 bucks. What do they want? So my mom asked me, I was like, ah, just, I don't, I don't want to spend money on it, but you can, you can tell her to give me Sonic Frontiers. Uh, so, so I got a thing in the mail a couple of weeks later from Florida and, and my abuela was like, Merry Christmas. Sorry, Feliz Navidad. Here's, <laughs> here's Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> nice. Go abuela. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, abuela. Uh, what systems did you all play it on? I played it on my PS5. PS4. PS4. I bought it. Yep, I did too. Yep, yep. Oh, okay. Cool. That's good because I I will have some questions for you once we get into the weeds a little bit. But before we get there, let's just cross off a few more lines of development that we can talk about. Uh, As I mentioned, this was released in November of 22. Let's talk about some of the team. This was directed by Morio Kishimoto and produced by Takashi Izuka. Some of the writers on this were Ian Flynn, Kishimoto, and Junpei Utsu. Composers, we've got to talk about the music's in a Sonic game. Tomoya Otani was the lead composer, and I'm just going to go down the list of the last names here for the rest of them that assisted Tokoi, Iguchi, Soma, Mizuno, and Oguni. Oh, and Kawaguchi, Hiroshi Kawaguchi. I almost forgot that one. We'll get to the music in due time. Always have to talk about that on a Sonic game. Of course, of course. It did release for all contemporary systems at the time, so your PlayStations 4 and 5, the Xboxes, Windows on Steam, and the Nintendo Switch. We're going to talk about performance, I think, once we get into just playing the game. Uh, But first impressions on this game for either of you. What were your first impressions? Uh, Mikey, you should probably take the lead here because I'm probably going to have very little uh, critical statements. Mine are probably going to all be positive, so you're probably better off going first. Okay, wonderful. I have almost no positives to say about this game, so it, it's a it's a great balance. <laughs> um, so I, I wrote I wrote a one sentence uh, review for it. Uh, it's a run on sentence, but so I, I'm going to s- uh, summarize here. But I I felt like they saw what Nintendo was doing with like Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey and the new Kirby game. They want to make like their own 3D version of it. 
but it kind of just felt empty to me. So like as soon as soon as I got in there, I was like, oh shit, this is cool. And then after a couple of minutes of it, just exploring, I was like, huh, this is it. So just like the novelty of having an open world or, or an open zone, rather, that's what they call it, an open zone Sonic game ran off fairly quick for me. Okay. okay. Brock, you said that you have a lot of positive things to say. Uh, what did you think? I've been on, uh, who said it? Someone, I think it could have been Mikey, but I've been on this press tour with this game when it came out. And uh, what I said uh, with what I, what I told Tyler Sampson from the Switch It Up podcast, um, I told him because like, I mean, Mikey's not wrong. Like they pretty, they went to the open world formula. Right. But I feel like I like there, there's a little, there's like uh gameplay wise, control wise. I, there's, there's a little like some things to fix, I guess, to take into consideration whenever, whatever they make next. It, it's, I thought it was fresh. It was new for a Sonic game, which was, I'm pretty sure what, what, like the direction they wanted to go with this game and like uh some people have said it's like repetitive with like how the missions and stuff go which i feel like is also fair but i mean me as a player i guess i mean the i thought the open world was great i thought the cyber excuse me cyberspace uh levels were a great callback to uh different zones from other games um, I thought the entire story actually was uh, it was different. Eggman wasn't the entire uh, end game. There was something else, which you can only get if you play hard mode, by the way. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's what I said before Mikey went. I don't have uh, that's I, I just have praise for it. I mean, I'm, I'm as a Sonic fan that I am. I'm just so glad that. I didn't have because like when what what was the last game? I think it was Forces, the last game they came out before mm-hmm. uh, Frontiers, and I was just so happy that I did not have that same bad taste in my mouth after playing Forces than I did. Dude, I I was hype all the entire my entire playthrough of Frontiers, and, ex- and I I cannot wait till we get on the music because the music in that game is just it's just Chef's kiss on it. But I mean I I mean. Anyone who knows me, they like it does not take it does not take much to impress me with a video game in general. But when it comes to Sonic Frontiers, I just I it's I I was a standing ovation with the entire team that made this game. I love this game so much. <laughs> All right. That's really both ends of the spectrum here with the two yeah. of you. I, I fall yeah. somewhere in, in the middle. I mean, I I would never say that I love this game. Uh, I, and I, I don't plan on going back and replaying it. That being said though, I do think that this game did some fresh things and has some positives that we can talk about. I I don't think I'm quite as negative on it as you are, Mikey, but, uh, Mikey, you mentioned open worlds and Brock, you mentioned the writing and design teams, just general desire to push in a new direction. Uh, and this was entirely intentional. Kishimoto wanted this open world concept. Uh, he, he had been watching the uh, platformer maps evolve since Super Mario Brothers 3 and just how they've evolved since then. So this idea of taking things into an open world was definitely, definitely intentional. And pro uh, And like it or not, this new direction was fresh and did give the series a sort of new identity with this Mm -hmm. installment. 
one more little tidbit just to tuck into here. Uh, this development process for this game took five years and did include the COVID pandemic, where the team worked remotely for the first time ever in their entire history. Oh, uh, so that is something to keep in mind. It's just an interesting little piece of history that is bundled up in this game. Not only mm-hmm. the longest development history on any Sonic game, but also the first one where they worked remotely a little bit. Uh, let's talk about this open world concept. This has kind of been front and center at every discussion on this game. And rightfully mm-hmm. so, right? It's the first time that they've ever tried to do this. Right. Uh, so, Brock, I think you're more positive on this than maybe uh, myself and Mikey are. So, what? How specifically speaking to the open world aspect, how did you feel about that uh, being in a Sonic game? How did you feel that that articulated? Um, I mean, I, I can't wait to get your take on this when it comes around, but like, I mean, for the, like, just going off of, just going off graphics alone, uh, for the PS4, I thought it was like, there's like, there's some games that I play on my PS4 and that's like, uh, this is a great example, uh, like Call of Duty, the graphics for on the PS4, like you could tell they mainly made the new COD game for the PS5 and like. Uh, next gen if i may but frontiers i feel like like when you when i'm boosting across the map and like it like you it's just nothing there's nothing like what, what's a good term for it there's like the load in's great i feel the load in is fantastic i feel like there's nothing like for example like if i had to compare it to like some like i i, I can't find the right words but um i the the feel like the graphics great the feel of just having an open world sonic game where i could boost across the map and just uh, just going sonic speed is it, it for me as a fan it's it's everything i've wanted for a very long time so that's just like a bonus of why i love this game so much i will say like the one i guess critique i do have is like i would be boosting across uh the map and then like the camera will like set itself to like a certain like let's say there's like a monster nearby right and like it would stop you immediately and just like engage you with that bot like with that titan or whatever a little uh robot was sitting there which got a little uh frustrating on my end because i'd be on my way to somewhere that i did not i did not need to go over there and then it would the camera would set and that's that's a little critique i guess i have if I had to critique something. So other than the camera work, you think the conception of this was successful? Like this is, would you, would you call this implementation of an open world for the first time in Sonic a success? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's a great thing. Like the very first try, they did great. And it's a great thing to uh, step on and go forward with to make something even better. Like the places that they did miss, they, it, like it's an easy fix like because i just i feel like it they could just they can go off it but to answer your question yeah yeah sure 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 uh mikey before you jump in i am going to push back just a little bit on this conception of an open world um this was actually the biggest issue i had with the game um i i didn't have any like particular i mean there were some gameplay things the camera in sonic is always something that it is a challenge uh, to to put it lightly. Nothing nothing right. to say about the music negatively. The biggest thing that 
that bummed me out about this game was the conception of an open world play space. I, I've said this time and time again on this podcast. I don't think everything needs an open world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and specifically, I think... Uh, and I would actually agree with that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Specifically, I think Sonic uh, does not benefit. I think it's a great example of a game that doesn't benefit from an open world. Um, I was thinking about this a lot because, um, you know, I am not as big of a Sonic fan as either of you, right? I don't, I haven't played as many Sonic games as the two of you. Um, I have the least amount of Sonic experience. So in some, so, so listeners, you'll have to take this with a grain of salt in terms of like listening to my opinions on this. But to me, what's always made Sonic the coolest, whether it was the, the primarily the games, but also, you know, the comics and the TV shows, the, the two things that were Sonic personified were speed and attitude. And I don't feel like this game has enough of either. I really don't. And I think it's a combination mm-hmm. of the of the open world and and some story stuff, which we'll get into. But yeah, I I the I'll I'll talk more about this after Mikey gives his take, but I don't want to speak over him. So <laughs> Mikey, I, I kind of pushed back a little bit on the open world. Uh Brock was talking about all of the pros. He he felt it was a great first step. Uh, where do you land in this? How did you feel about the open world? I can acknowledge that the open world itself, just like the world itself was like, I did, ha- okay, I can't even say I had no technical issues, but we'll get to that. Uh, but just like, it, it was very pretty. It was like, uh, you open it up and you're on that green island and it was like, cool to run around and like, look around and see what's going on for a bit. But to me, it felt very empty it felt hollow despite being just because it's open like i was explaining this to someone the other day when they asked me about the game they were on the fence about buying it and if you look at in my mind i compared it a lot to breath of the wild i I, they're not the same type of game but also when it came out on twitter everyone was like oh breath of the sonic that was like the the go-to comparison breath of the wild was open world you can travel all over the island blah 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 breath of the wild felt full to me because you can go to different villages, and they had people walking around. You could interact with people. They had full cultures. They had, like, different – like, the Gorons are completely different from the Zora. They have their own architecture, their own culture, their own language. It made the world feel fleshed out. There were three NPCs in this whole game. I'm running around Knuckles Island. I'm running around a desert the whole time, and I don't – there's nothing there. It's just a desert with a couple robots. I just felt like, yes, it is – by definition, an open world, but it wasn't filled with anything that made it feel like a living world, I I think is how I would phrase it. Rather than compare it to Breath of the Wild, the comparisons that I was getting from this were that of Horizon Zero Dawn, right? We think back to Horizon. Horizon is also an open world game, uh, much the same way that Frontiers is. You know, there are finite ends to the map, but it's a huge space that you could explore theoretically all of, right? Mm -hmm. But Zero Dawn felt profoundly empty for being as quote unquote big as it was because there just wasn't a lot going on. It was a lot of the same stuff that you would see running around. And I think maybe, I don't know if I would say Frontiers does it better. It doesn't do it worse. I I will give it that. I, I don't know that I would say it does it better, but I felt the same playing Frontiers as I did playing Zero Dawn. I, I just didn't feel like there was enough of interest in the open world to justify it being there. The biggest thing that I think 
justifies this open world is the inclusion of all of the sort of mini puzzles, challenges, uh, boss fights, and etc. But we can maybe talk on those once we get into sort of the mechanics a little bit later down the line. I, I don't know, Brock. What do you what do you think? Do you think we're off base with with this assessment, or do you do you think this is just a matter of just differing opinions? Saying that you're wrong, I I feel like that'd be wrong of me to say because like it, I, I it's pretty much I think it's what you said at the end there. It's just it's just a uh, matters of opinions. Like um, I will I will I will ask this, uh, Mikey, on the, uh, that map, uh, the, the 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 knuckles one or the first one? I guess. The question could apply to both, really. Okay. Uh, did you like? Did you complete like the puzzles to like clear the map up? Yeah, I, I, I like, I didn't one hundred percent the entire map because there's a bunch of, of little things. But I went around, I did all of the puzzles because I figured let me explore it, and if there's not people here to to world build, maybe there's like visual storytelling. So I went around and I explored the island as as much as I could. But even once the island was filled out, it was just a bunch of statues or a bunch of robots. I still felt like mm-hmm. there was nothing there to fill the world out. Uh, as I said earlier, it didn't feel lived in to me. Mm. That's fair. I, that, it, that was just the one thing I uh, I uh, came across my mind. Because like, it can be like, I know I had a little bit of difficulty on Knuckles uh, Island. Because like, des- like the map, when you go to like, when you hit select and you go to the map, it would just like, it's just like nothing. And like, mm-hmm. it was difficult to find any question marks anywhere to like open the map up to know where you were going. But that's why, that's why I had to ask. But I mean, I, I like, I feel like everything said Rick is fair. I saw a post on Twitter. Someone said, and I hundred percent agreed with them. That person thought that, frontiers was like i said earlier it was a uh a complete step in a different direction and they're they're gonna take frontiers and i actually i think the maker of frontiers went on twitter on a for a q a and he asked the fan base like hey what can we do better going off of frontiers what what did we do good in frontiers that we should keep in the next game and stuff i just feel like it was I don't want to say it was complete like, okay, let's go the open world route and see what happens. But at the same time, I feel like it was one of those things. I feel like that is a great uh, summary of Frontiers is just it's split down the line 50-50. Like there's you have people on like on my end that say they're just like, you know, they hit it right on the head. They need to keep going this direction or take implements of this game and keep going that same direction. And then there's like a mic, there's people on my, like the Mikey side. They're just like, you know, it's empty. It, it, it's, it's, it's big. It, it doesn't feel like in what Mikey said lived in. And then there's like people like, if I can't say this, Rick, people like on Rick's side where they're just like, there's some good things. You have some good things and then you have some bad things. If that all makes sense. Sure. 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 You'd mentioned this idea of opening up the map by finding question marks and things like that. The The mechanic that is at play here is when you first arrive to an island, you don't have the full map. You generally have access to the full island. Like, you just have to go around and find what you're looking for. The challenge is the map will not fill 
out until you complete a certain number of you know puzzles, little mini challenges, things like that. Once you complete them, then you know you'll get a little ta-da, you did it, and then the map will kind of piece itself in, giving you access to more question marks mm-hmm. and more little mini challenges. Um, so let's talk about those little puzzles. Uh, this did remind me of Zelda in insofar as they're pretty easy and very hit or miss, just like Zelda. Mm-hmm. You can have some that are as simple as go from point A to point B within the time limit. There's one where you just run on like a hamster wheel type thing. <laughs> and once you build up the mm-hmm. energy, it's done. Uh, and there are some other ones that make use of the new mechanic. Uh, what's it called? The Siloop ability makes use of that. Mm-hmm. So thoughts on these puzzles? The, uh, the uh, which puzzle was it? I had a difficult time. It was you would Siloop and then like three blue rings would pop up in the air and then a like a blue ball would spawn. And then you have you would have to like homing attack the ball into the blue ring. I don't know why, but something about that puzzle, just it, I could not get, there's a certain one where I would not hit the ball enough homing attack wise. And I had to do it like 15 times before I figured out where I had to just like, I had to put the stick controlling Stonic, like, like right on the edge of where like the ball hovered over before you kicked it and just literally just hit X and just jump. And then it would go far. The distance would be far enough for it to finally do it. But the best one that I had fun with really is when is the uh, it's it's like it's a it's like a it's a bunch of bricks like formed and you had to like put you had to build it the exact same way that the one that it shows you. That was the, I, th- I think I had the best or the memory ones where you had to or not the memory ones. I'm sorry the parry. You had to like parry the stuff back to uh, uh wherever the question mark was that I had fun with that one as well. So you, in general, you liked the puzzles is what I'm getting in generals. Yeah. But I guess that's a narrow area where I, a critique wise, I guess some of them, I just feel like were unnecessary. Sure, 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 sure. It, it, there were several that felt like they were just filling space to me. Um, I mean, a good example of yeah. that one is the hamster wheel one where mm-hmm. you just run, yeah. Um. So some of the other ones we we talked about the psi loop ability. So let's let's talk about that real quick. This is new to this game. Basically, what you do, I don't remember what button. I think it's triangle, but uh, whatever button it's assigned to, you hold that down, and as you run, you're leaving behind this little blue trail. Uh, kind of like when you played with uh, oh, what are those things called? Sparklers on the Fourth of July. You know, mm-hmm. and you you wave them through the air, and yeah. you can kind of. Your eyes will like see like, oh, there's the tail. Uh, It's kind of like that, uh, except this is much longer. And the point of this is to create a closed loop. And when you create a closed loop, otherwise known as a circle, um, or I guess a square if you're really good at it. (laughs) But um, once you create a closed shape, you are generally going to get, you'll get some rings. You might get, uh, oh, whatever little currency is called. I'm blanking totally. I am too. I was going to help you. There were a bunch of different things you had to collect. Uh, Which one are you thinking of in particular? (laughs) I I don't know. I would have said it had I known. (laughs) No, no, no. I I just mean, it's just like, because I know you can get hearts to return to your friends and then you can rescue, uh, you can get 
they're not currency, but you can, are you talking about the Koros, where once you collect enough of them, you can sell them back to that guy and you get, like, more levels? Maybe maybe that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of the Koros. There's a, there was a bunch of different collectibles that, that did similarly, but different things. So I was just, like, wondering which one, we, but, but yeah, I think it might be the Koros. At any rate, you you will get rings or ring-adjacent collectibles uh, when you do these Psyloops. Um, you can also do Psyloops around enemies, and if they have a shield, for example, it'll make them drop it. It'll make them vulnerable to attacks, uh, and it's also integral to solving some puzzles. So uh, some of the more basic ones would just be, hey, make a Psyloop around these three statues and see what happens. And what happens is you complete the puzzle, and it gives you more map. Um, but that's that's Psyloop, and that kind of serves as uh, it, it, it's in a lot of the puzzles. I noticed it's it's in I I don't know. Would you would say majority of the puzzles, right? Uses Psyloop. Yeah, most definitely. I agree. Yeah. Um. So that's that's part of it. But these puzzles are going to take up I I don't want to say most of your time, but a, a fair num a fair amount of your time, uh, because that's one of the main things that you're going to be encountering as you're going across this uh, this open world. Uh, some of the other things you might come across are levels that are more traditional in their uh, their design. So your traditional, think Sonic Generations uh, is probably the closest one that I've personally played that is similar to this. It's not quite like Sonic Adventure 2. Sonic Adventure 2 is a little faster. It's a little wilder. Uh, this is a little more tame. The controls are much better, much easier than Adventure 2. It, it's really closer to... Uh, to generations in terms of its design and its feel. What did you, what did you two think about these traditional levels? I'll, I'll say right up front, um, I preferred these to yes. everything else. Oh, really? That's interesting. Oh, yeah. I, I'm in the exact same boat as, as Rick. The the cyberspace levels, as they were called, were definitely my, my favorite parts. Um, I still had issues with them, but those are just like your standard, your standard Sonic issue ones. Um, I remember Keith from the main quest one time said, Sonic is the only game... That wants you to go fast, but won't let you go fast. And the I think it's stage two of the first island. I'm going, and I can see the end in sight. And I jump to platform to get there. And what do you know? You can't see it before you jump. But as soon as you get there, there is a row of spikes that completely stop your momentum. Like, this far away from the opening. I was like, son of a bitch. And I had to, like, I restarted it because I had to, like, I lost the time and I lost my rings as, like, some of the missions. Uh, so, so I did that. So, yeah. So then I had to, like, okay, I have to, I have to keep out for the, I have to keep a lookout for the things that aren't necessarily good platforming elements. They're just in my way, uh, which is not a critique just for Frontiers. That's just, like, all, all Sonic ga- ga- games do that. I went back and I played some of the original, like, Sega games and, and they do the exact same thing where you're just like running and they're like, surprise, here's a spring that throws you in the other direction for whatever the reason. So that's nothing new. Um, they were definitely my favorite part. I just wish there was more variety to them. Um, I looked it up after the fact. And so for those of you that haven't played the game, these cyberspace, they're, they're 2D platforming levels. Uh, they take inspiration from previous uh, Sonic stages for, from earlier games. I believe they only take inspiration from five or six levels from previous Sonic games. And I thought that was a little disappointing. There's like 30 years of like Sonic history. And like, again, it's like the Green Hill Zone and like Casino Zone uh, uh, again, which have been like used Mm -hmm. in other Sonic games. I I was hoping that they could just like throw something new in there, just like 
like Island 1, I believe there are seven stages, and all seven were, were Green Hill Zone they, that were taken from cyberspace. Throw in another one. Throw in, like, like an oddball one from, like, Sonic Heroes or, like, Sonic CD or something, you know? Just, like, again, playing the same levels on the four or five, like, colored backgrounds made it feel repetitive. But still, my favorite part of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going uh, going back to, to what you said a little before, um, this notion of platforming and speed in conjunction with each other is just something that's always kind of troubled the Sonic games, mm-hmm. um, which is tough because that's the two things that they do, right, is platforming and speed. Mm-hmm. And different entries are going to have different amounts of friction between those two. Um, like some of the older 2D Sonic games... They really do want you to go fast, but there are just so many weirdly designed levels that prevent you from doing that. And then it turns into a slow platforming excursion. Um, thinking back to Sonic Adventure 2, um, and and I apologize that I keep bringing that up because it's it's one of the main <laughs> points of references that I have, and I also played it frequently. It it I think it probably nailed it closest from the ones that I played. Uh, it did a pretty good job of letting you go really fast uh, platforming sometimes, but it didn't get in your way. The main problems were the controls, which have been super tightened up for, you know, even generations and everything going forward. Um, But in this Mm -hmm. one, yeah, there's still some of that dissonance, but weirdly, Mikey, I, I noticed it the most in the overworld. It Mm -hmm. never felt like I was going fast on the overworld, like the open world section, Mm -hmm. Which and it's because that that world is so big and it's not populated super densely. Um, which then, whenever I felt like I was going slow, I was noticing how empty it was, and it kind of just compounded those cyberspace levels. The traditional ones, I I didn't really have a ton of critique for them. I I thought they were a lot of fun. De- definitely better than you know Sonic 06. I think we've come a long way from that. Yikes! Big yikes, Rick. Do we want to? I mean, go it, was gonna, it was going to come up eventually, <laughs> right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> are, are, are we going to talk yeah, about Sonic right. 06 right now? Because I, I have some thoughts on Sonic 06. <laughs> oh, man, dude. That's the only game that I just, I simply can't, like, defend because I don't know what they were thinking when they released this unfinished dumpster fire of a game. I'm actually. Uh, with you Mikey on the repetitive green hill like I like for the 3D zones ones I was really hoping we would get city escape or something from adventure 2 mm-hmm. but we didn't and I thought and I was very disappointed and like Rick said I'm sorry I keep bringing up adventure 2 but uh, it, or just I just wish we got something like city escape or uh, metal harbor or something for the for the 3D level ones but um, for the for the 2D side uh side ones i mean i think i think chemical plant i think there's a couple of chem- chemical plant ones in there but uh other than that uh the casino green green hill yeah i mean i had a blast with the 3d uh i don't think it was a call it was just like a it was just like a typical cyberspace one where like it, it's like you get i think it's one of the first ones in, on the first island it's like i'm in the music in the cyber levels as well i feel like is just I don't I don't think they missed at all but I mean uh very repetitive I wish we got a little bit more uh different callbacks to some games um I think there's an unleashed one in there somewhere but I can I don't 
quote me on it. But um, I just, I guess another thing, just, I don't want to say it was a hassle for me, but to get the cyber, the cyber, excuse me, cyber levels activated with the gears, I wish we didn't, I felt like they, you had to collect just so many to get all of them activated. And I'm a, I'm, and I, I really wanted to active, I not activate. I really wanted to, um, 100% the game. So like I was, I took, I was just sitting here for hours defeating Titans just to get gears to, to unlock the cyber, uh, the cyber levels. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. That's another thing about, uh, frontiers, uh, unique to frontiers. I think I, I have not played a recent, the, the last Sonic game I played before frontiers was generations. So I am a bit out of the loop, but, um, in frontiers to unlock these cyberspace levels, these traditional like run and gun Sonic levels, um, and to progress the story by talking to your friends on these islands, you have to do a bunch of collecting, you're collecting hearts to talk to Amy. You're collecting gears to go into these places. You have to do a lot of collecting and it does get a bit tedious. I, I agree with you both on that. It's, there is a lot of it. Um, I was never a fan of it. I, I wasn't trying to a hundred percent anything, but it, 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 there were definitely times where it felt very, very tedious. Um, I mentioned I'm, I played on PS5. I, I think I bought this on sale. I must have bought the deluxe version on sale um, because I, I started with just a, a shitload of, of hearts. I don't remember really having to collect many hearts to talk to Amy. Um, I don't know if that's typical. But, um, yeah, the, the collection aspect was a bit of a bummer just because there was so much, like, different currencies to do different things but they all kind of were required, you know, thinking of something uh, like Spyro where there's one thing to collect and that's really it. I don't know. I, uh, I, I, maybe collecting fiends will be more into this than I am, but I'm not a big collecting person. So a uh, bit of a miss for me. Mm-hmm. I will say that. I had a thought, but I lost it. Go ahead, Mikey. I, I have some of your thoughts here. Um, I, I listened to to the when you were doing the the press circuit. I, I listened to you on Switch It Up, and um, I, I wrote this down because this is a good summation of the collecting. Like Rick said, there's a bunch of things you have to collect. Uh, the goal of the game essentially is to save your friends from cyberspace, but to do that, you need to find the tokens. Uh, to talk to your friends, you then need to get the Chaos Emeralds. But to get the Chaos Emeralds, you need to get Vault Keys first, and you get the Vault Keys by going to cyberspace. Mm -hmm. But you need to get the gears to go into cyberspace to get the Vault Keys, and to get gears, you have to defeat the Titans and other monsters on on the island. It's just collect this to collect that to collect this to collect that Chaos Emerald. It was just so many steps of collecting different things Mm -hmm. that, uh, but you were explaining, you were explaining that on Switch It Up. I'm like, oh, that's a, you're right. That is seven things you need to collect. I'll write that down. I know you're playing (laughs) that off as comedy, but nothing you said was wrong. No, it's not. (laughs) No, it's a very step by, the game is a, it's very step by step, uh, basis to, everyone has their differences. A part of me, everyone has their type of gameplay styles and stuff, but, uh, for a guy like me, like I get sidetracked very easily. So, like, what's a good example of this? I don't. I can't think of a good game, but uh, I need like step by step basis, or I'm going to get nothing done. So, like, I'm gl- like, there's a part of me that's glad that they implemented this because, like, there there's been times where I would. Uh, 
I'm trying to think of a like. There's been times where, like when I first like in the beginning of my playthrough, I would, I would try like, I would be like, okay, let me just let me go let me go kill this titan to go get a gear so I can get into a cyber level. But I would end up getting sidetracked because I would see like, uh, the the game has this very niche thing to it. Uh, there are there's just like guardrails everywhere there's some in the sky there's some on the ground and then like i would just like see this guardrail out in the distance and i'd be like what's this and then i'd get sidetracked but and then i wouldn't be able to do it because like back to opening the map up you would have to do one of the puzzles and then a guardrail would appear to get to that guardrail but um it's it's <laughs> it's it is a lot there's a lot of steps to it just to get to one final destination yeah, so I, I suppose if you're somebody that does get distracted a lot um, or are prone to just seeing something and saying, oh, I want to go check that out, then maybe this will hit you in a better way than it hit me, for example. Uh, that's a good mm-hmm. point, Brock. That's mm-hmm. a good point. While we're talking about the open world, though, visuals are something that we should take into account. Um, and I'm going to lump performance in here as well because that's something that deserves some attention. Uh, visually, it's fine um it it doesn't you know it doesn't have the fidelity of some of the current gen uh affairs that are going on whether that's because of the team or because they knew that they were going to put it on the ps4 and the xbox one who's to say it almost doesn't really matter uh but visually it does look it looks fine um i had quite a few visual inconsistencies and weird visual like artifacts and bugs and things just not rendering the way that I thought they should. Um, so that, that was something that I wanted to put a, uh, put a talking point on. Yeah. I, I just had some weird performance issues with this. Um, the performance was really, really put on blast when the game first came out. It was pretty buggy. Uh, the switch version, especially from what I understand was, was not great. Um, and I, I think people mm. still generally say, don't play this on switch. If you, if you have another way, um, play it elsewhere. I suggest <laughs> but, that to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have, aside from these visual things, I didn't have a ton of weird buggy experiences, but I did have enough on PS5 to make me notice them and say, oh, okay, this is this shouldn't be. This, this shouldn't be happening. Right. Uh, sorry, I know I said that I was going to do visuals and performance. I kind of just skewed towards performance there, but... Uh, visuals slash performance. Uh, what are what are your thoughts? Uh, you think it looked good? Think it looked bad? I'm actually surprised that because you 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 played on the PS5, so I'm actually because like I I gotta think back a little bit. I played a little. I I ran some cyberspace levels just to get freshened up for this recording, but uh, I like it's 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 weird that you say that because like I mean then again I'm not really I'm not really paying attention to visuals much but there's nothing out of the or- like i th- through my playthrough and like like when i said in the beginning of the of of the recording i didn't i i would i would boost through the uh like the open world and stuff and then i and the uh excuse me i just lost train of thought again and boosting through cyber levels the open world and stuff i thought for the ps4 and there's like there's like even a better better version for the uh next gen consoles i i didn't really 
mind it really. I don't think I really ran into anything that concerning. And if I did, I would, because <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just I'm I'm just shocked, really, because like I thought the PS5 version would be absolutely crisp. You know what I mean? It, it's weird. well that that brings up you know there there are two kinds of bugs that we can and oh boy, uh, just a little disclaimer: I am not a programmer or anything like that but there there are like from what i've seen there are two kinds of bugs that can happen right there are bugs that will consistently happen like this level crashes if you do this or like you will clip Mm -hmm. through this wall all the time there are bugs like that that are just kind of the result of the code talking to each other in ways that it didn't expect uh but there are also you know Mm -hmm. bugs that just kind of happen by chance you know like um yeah. When when people have these sorts of issues with PCs and computers, electronics, the reason that so many people suggest turning it off and turning it back on is because that works. Like sometimes the internal connections just get a little bit mixed up and they just need to reset and retalk to each other and then it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's probably where my bugs came from was just a result of, oh, you know, something in the PS5 is talking to the game in a weird way. It just got a little mixed up. Uh, so now you're, you know, I don't know, falling through the floor. Um, right. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. that's what I was experiencing. I, it didn't seem like I didn't have anything that I could, uh, that I could re- reproduce consistently. Uh, Mikey, did you mm-hmm. experience any, any bugs or do, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the visuals in general? Um, I think like, like visually, I, I think depending on the island you're on, some were nicer than others. Like, I, like, running around that first island, like, it's a lush green island. It was pretty to look at. Running around the barren desert, not so much. So just, like, I think depending on, like, the environment, I like some of the – I like some of it better than the other. But like you said about, like, clipping through things, uh, I was fighting a titan on, on the first island, and I'm running, and I just go through the titan, and I go through the ground, and now um, the camera goes into the mountain – and I'm just falling, and I have to wait until my body like reaches the out of bounds, and I get a game over. I respawn. I go mm-hmm. fight the Titan again because I died. I have to redo it. Go through the Titan. Go through the ground a second time. At which point I said, "Fuck it," and I stopped playing for the day. I was like, "Nope, I'm not. I'm not dealing with this." <laughs> and I put it down. and I had to walk away. <laughs> so just like like th- th- those were. That's like the big one that 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 happened to me. But it happened twice, like in the one boss fight. So pff, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, the the camera, I had a couple of camera instances, but, you know, that's just something that you should prepare for, I think, in 3D Sonic games, because you're moving so fast and moving across great distances. I mean, ideally, it shouldn't happen, but I you'd just be aware of it. But falling through falling through visual assets (laughs) is generally a a no, no. Um, I didn't experience a ton of like assets not loading or loading very weirdly, but I have seen that noted a lot. Um, I don't know if that was Switch or PS5 or PC or what, but I've seen that mentioned multiple times. So it is something to, uh, you know, to note. Uh, in terms of the visual design outside of the levels, like uh, the Titans, which we're going to touch on next here. I thought everything was fine. No. Nothing stood out to me. Um, it was it's fine. Same boat. Are we talking Titan boss fight battles? 
Uh, I, yeah, we could get into the Titans next. I was just saying that visually, like the Titans and the enemies. Oh, visual, visual stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. fine. Like nothing, nothing really stood out to me. I thought, man, I they need to. If you ask me, they need to. They if if I could segue us into these boss battles, I feel like they need to stay that route. Honestly, with boss battles, with like, uh, then whatever next game comes out they need to stay they need the next couple of games to stick with Eggman not being uh uh end game like there needs to be something else other than Eggman to be I feel like that was it back to the brush of brush the Jesus a breath of f- fresh air but oh, man I yeah I don't want to skip too ahead here Rick but uh the I just, I don't think the music in the boss battles are just, I, the very, the very first boss on the very first island, I went in, uh, spoiler free, and I, I'm pretty sure I stood up in my chair, grinning the entire time. Sonic with final boss battles had not been that badass before in, in a very long time. Interesting. So, so you you think the Titans are a step in the right direction? You don't want to see any more Eggman being the main bad guy. Well, we can, but just like, how do I explain this? Eggman can be there, but I don't want it to be like. This is hard to explain. You know what? You might be actually. You might be right about that, Rick. Keep some type of big robot thing with hard rock music in the background pretty much is all it is really because that i just i think anything other that would just be uh they, they wouldn't keep up with it would be a big letdown for me I'll, I'll i'll just say that yeah i wasn't i wasn't trying to challenge you on on your opinion i just I, as somebody right, that right. hasn't played as many modern sonic games as as you have i don't um I don't have as right. good of a frame of reference for this. Um, like the Titans to me right. just right. Like, like they were fine, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of would have liked seeing Eggman being the main baddie, but again, like I am somebody that plays and has only played a specific generation of Sonic games. So I do not, I'm not trying to speak for the fandom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. See, it's funny that you say that, because I felt... I I was thinking about it, and just, like... So, Eggman doesn't end up being, like, the final antagonist of the game, and it's been ages since since Eggman's been, like, the final protagonist of a game. For the last... I think, even going so far as Sonic 06, there's always, like there's some greater evil that Eggman comes along to your side. It's like, all right, I guess we're buddies now. And, and, and they address that a little bit in the story of the game. Uh, the, the, the AI is like, yeah, you have a 97% success rate when you work together with Sonic as listed in X, Y, and Z games. So like, I'm, I'm with Rick on this one. I would love for it to go back to Eggman, just like having a robot army doing like silly, like Eggman things. Cause he wasn't the final boss of this. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he, he wasn't the final boss of frontiers. Um, Sonic Unleashed was Dark Gaia, and then you had like the storybook ones, and and he wasn't like the final boss in like either of those. So just like, I mean, he wasn't even the final boss in Sonic Adventure Two. Yeah, and, and then like after that, yeah. t- 
technically Metal Sonic was the final boss in Sonic Heroes, but he, like, made Eggman and, like, was doing Eggman's bidding, so I kind of counted as that, because Eggman was still, like, the primary antagonist of Sonic Heroes, but, but Sonic Heroes was 2004, 2005, I think? So, like, any time past that, yeah, he's always been, like, either a, either a secondary antagonist or just, like, straight up, like, like your buddy that you're working with him and things. And I would love for him to go back to being, like, a maniacal yet silly villain. Yeah, all yeah. right. I, I didn't expect either of you to really agree with me on that, but, I mean, that's that's fine. I I don't think the Titans are bad or negative. I don't, and I don't have any real issue with there being, like, a big antagonist that isn't Eggman. I think my thing is, and this is just a personal opinion, I don't think the Sonic team is good at narrative at least not to the level that I think they might like to be because the best times that I ever have in a Sonic game are where the story doesn't matter and it just lets me go fast and do cool platforming. You know, that that was one one of the reasons why in Adventure 2 that the Eggman and Tails levels were such bummers because, like, it was slow <laughs> and that was you just <laughs> slow and you're just ticking off the enemies as they come. Um, versus, you know, and, and even thinking back to Sonic Battle for the Game Boy Advance, um, which was a whole different thing. It's just not, not why I go to Sonic is I don't go to Sonic for stories or, or narrative or grand arching like themes and ideas. I just want to play a video game. You know, I think that's why I have so much fun with like Mm -hmm. Sonic Advance for Mm -hmm. the, for the GBA or, uh, Sonic Mania is another good one or even Sonic Generations. I mean, Generations kind of has a story, but like you don't really need to pay attention to it. Um Frontiers, I mean, I played a lot of the opening of this game not thinking about the story at all, and I, I you could probably go through most of the game that way, but I mean, there are quite a bit of cutscenes too. So, I I think I looked it up on YouTube mm-hmm. and there are I mean, there are at least 3 hours worth of cutscenes. Mm-hmm. So, like, they want you to have a narrative experience. Um, to me, I'm never convinced that their writing is strong enough to carry right. an experience mm-hmm. that way. Uh, but I again, I recognize that I'm speaking as a very specific kind of player uh, that isn't as attached to the newer games. So uh, I do mm-hmm. not, I'm not trying to say that, like, my opinion is objectively true. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Like no, no, what did no, you no. think of the story yeah. in this in this Brock? Um just piggyback off of you just real quick. Uh the I hundred percent agree with about what you said, like to play a Sonic game, like the narrative like it just you go fast, it just haul ass, it smash stuff. Because, uh, like I, I like that's one of my defenses actually. Like I I was talking to one of my buddies the other day and he said he he just, he knacks on me because I'm a big Sonic fan, jokingly of course. And he's just like the stories are just always so dumb. And I'm just like, it's a Sonic game, man. I was like, why are you paying so much attention to the story? Like, don't you just like have fun, just like running through these levels and sm- like homing attack, smashing stuff? And he and I just I just wanted to piggyback off that because I feel like you're absolutely. I would agree with that opinion hundred percent, but. The Frontier story, at first, I was it, I was 
slightly a little bit confused on what was happening because like you know how you would talk to like you kill i get like collecting tokens to talk to whoever friend was each island and whatnot and the cut scenes with like the flashbacks of the cocos like in like the year and their i'm not sure if it was the cocos in their previous form before they died or what or whatnot but like the ghostly figured things and they would they always i i just didn't know where the story like where they were heading for the, like what the point was behind all this and end game being uh they were stuck on these uh they were attacked and then they were stuck on these islands and then it was just every flashback was a callback of what happened in the past and whatnot and they had their own little like own little i don't i'm not sure if metaphor is the right word of each character like knuckles always wanted it uh, tyler samsel put it fantastic when i talked to him about this game um i can't i wish i remember what he said but i mean th- like it, it, it was for like amy knuckles and tails i feel like the story i loved it because like they shared like tails had this thing like he was always a burden to sonic right and like he wanted like he kept saying once we get out of this mess i would like to go back and try to handle things on my own and try to figure out who i am as a person and the knuckles wanted to like you know expand his limits and not just have the daily day in and day out life of protecting the master emerald and amy you know i th- i wish i could remember what her main uh goal was i think i of course it's something to do with sonic but the main game with the Cocos and like trying to stop uh, the Titans and stuff. Once I beat the game, once I beat the game, once I finished the game, excuse me, I felt like um, it was, you know, it wasn't bad. You know, it, I wasn't like very impressed with like the other stuff of the game, but I felt like it made enough sense where overall say it made enough sense where i i didn't really have a bother with it sure sure i what do you think mikey um i I feel like i must have posted this in the unpopular opinions in the pixel project radio discord and the link will be in the description if you want to join and and see my unpopular opinion but in the list of elements that, that go into making a video game story is the least important to me i could not care less about the story i'm there for gameplay if you gave me a sonic game that was just level after level after level i would be happy so i didn't go in expecting much from the story it was just there um i think they tried to do something by bringing it into like explaining the origin of certain things and they left it open-ended so now you're left with more questions so they can continue the story but it's literally just summed up in that meme of the guy going aliens with like the hair in the hands that's that's the tldr of of the whole sonic frontier (laughs) story um and like so um i I think his name is ian flynn it was mentioned uh at at the start um he he was the the lead uh story developer for this he got his start doing the sonic the hedgehog comics that that we talked about at the at the start of this so he's been writing for sonic for like 20 years now mate so so he he knows what he's doing I, i trust him as much as I trust anyone to, to write a Sonic story. But like you said, no no one comes to Sonic for the narrative, you know? So just like, it was there. I, I, you can take it or leave it. Just like, it is what it is. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm very much a, 
like story is one of the primary reasons I come to video games. Um, and we can have a whole another episode on whether video games are as effective at storytelling as, you know, novels or things like that. But I, I think by and large video games do have some good stories. Uh, I will fight that decision against Brian from list off to the death. Uh, Cause I know he notoriously <laughs> thinks that no video game has a good story. Um, or at least not a unique one, but I'm, I'm with you, Mikey. I mean, I don't, I don't mind that the story is there. I, I'm not at all. I don't think it's a detractor, um, necessarily, but I, it's not why I come to Sonic. I'm not going to pay attention to it a lot of the times because when I do pay attention to it, that's when it starts to bum me out. Like, I don't know why they're, they want to ins, I mean, I do know why they want to insert so much in it's because they have a loyal fan base that wants to know the lore of a lot of this stuff. I just, it, it takes away so much from the rest of the game to me from what the game does well, which is, you know, this really high speed platforming. Um, and I just don't want to be bothered with thinking about the lore when I could be playing as Sonic, you know, or a, a different mm-hmm. game as tails, as knuckles, as shadow, whoever. I just mm-hmm. don't, I don't come to Sonic for that. And maybe, and maybe that is why I think I might prefer some of the 2d uh, games more. Um, and that's okay. You know, I, I talk about this with final fantasy as well. You know, at a certain point they kind of change their formula and, uh, that's okay. You know, Pokemon too. I know, I know you guys like Pokemon as well. After a certain point, you know, they're not aimed at our demographic anymore and that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I mean, those older games will Mm -hmm. always be there Mm -hmm. for folks to go back to. Uh, Mm -hmm. we could play Sonic Adventure 2 every single year, every week if we wanted to. Uh, same with Pokemon Fire Red. Uh, Brock, I know you're playing that. That's my favorite of all time is Fire Red. Um, and the newer games, you know, they're aimed at a different demo and that's fine. You know, that's fine. I am perfectly content to say that the narrative doesn't work for me because it is not made for me. And I'm cool with that. That's a good point. It's a great point, actually. Good opinion. Uh, I was going to ask, I was going to say something. Oh yeah. I, you know, guys, I'm memeing at this point, but the last Sonic game I felt like had a great story, to be completely honest with you guys, was Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> I thought that story was very, very good. I'm not sure what, what you fellas think of it, but if calling back from... I, I guess, actually, you know what? This might be a little hot take, but I thought Unleash's story was pretty good as well. I thought I thought you were going to say Colors, surely. Colors? <laughs> I mean, I, is that is that not the one that you liked a lot? Colors? Yeah, I thought you liked colors. My colors in my eyes. Uh, actually, the re- when they came out with the remake, actually made it a lot better because, like, I had colors for the Wii forever ago, and it left a very bad taste in my mouth. And I fought with Tyler Samsel every day about how bad colors were, and he was he's a big fan of colors, and I, and I was like. You know what? Fine. I was like, I will get, I'll get Colors Ultimate, and I'll see if my opinion still stands. And I mean, it, it's, it's not, it's not. I'm not jumping up and down for it like Adventure Two, but I mean, it's, 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 it's all right. It's, it's okay. I, I, I feel like the Storybooks series is a lot better than Colors. If someone had to okay. ask me on that. Yeah, sure, sure. I I was just drawing a connection. I I I don't know why I thought that you liked colors so much. Uh, I was just misremembering. 
Um, but, but you know, you mentioned Sonic Adventure Two story. I I don't mind that story at all. I <laughs> I remember when they introduced Maria. I remember thinking mm-hmm. something along the lines of like, ah, all right. I mean, okay. Here we go. <laughs> uh, I think that's like, <laughs> I think that's that level of like lore is perfect for me. Like, it's not too much. It's not too much. It's just a little bit of an origin story building on, uh, and that's that. And then they kind of built onto that in Heroes, which I was like, okay, I'm kind of into into this new shadow. Uh, but you know, we're not gonna spoil all those games for you. <laughs> I do want to move us on just a little bit because we are running a bit slim on time. Uh, we got to talk about the music. Mm, we do. Tomoya Otani was the lead composer and sound director for this game. It is less upbeat than what you're probably used to with a lot of Sonic games. Um, a lot of this when you're on the world map especially is going to be more like ambiance music. Mm-hmm. It is not going to be Escape from the City over and over again. It is not, it's not Pumpkin Hill. It's not uh, the Michael Jackson, you know, sonic experience. It is very atmospheric, right. uh, you know, some really cool, but really cool soundscapes. Like, I didn't dislike it. It was really cool. Right. Um, what surprised me was <laughs> the slant of influence of, like, metalcore yeah. that's in this game. Um, to the point where, um, yeah, what's buddy. the band's name? Singing yeah, with Sirens or something? Sleeping, Sleeping with, with Sirens. Uh, Kellen Quinn, their, that's their vocalist, is featured in several works on this album. I was not ready for the amount of like hardcore distorted guitar that I was going to be hearing with this. And I don't say that as a bad thing. Like it's, it's fine. I'm just, <laughs> I was just very shocked. I don't know. Is that, is that a thing? Brock or or Mikey, like is is this how Sonic music has been? And I just missed the boat on that. <sighs> there was. It's been a long time. I feel like. Okay, in Sonic Unleashed, there was a song that was kind of metalcore, but kind of like corn limp biscuit esque. It was like new metal metalcore, where it was like rap rocky, but it had that vibe. But it was sung by Jared Reddick of Bowling for Soup. So, so just imagine if, <laughs> imagine if Sleeping with Sirens met up with like Wes Borland of Limp Biscuit, and they're like, "We're gonna make this dope ass new metalcore song." And you know what? We need the rap from Chuck E. Cheese on vocals, and that that's like the heaviest song that I can think of at the time. Because before that, it was all kind of just like. <clears throat> Like what you would hear on like standard rock radio or like vaguely pop punk, but they definitely like have veered slightly into like that metalcore sound. It even like like Zebrahead at the time back like uh in like the o three o four era, the rest of Zebrahead's discography was kind of new metal esque, but this was definitely like the heaviest that it's been so far. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, like I said, I I haven't been I haven't 
been in the scene for a long time. Brock, I know you like this soundtrack quite a lot, don't you? I, I vaguely remember you sharing one of the songs. I want to say it's undefeatable, but I, I could be wrong. Uh, and just I being super, super hyped about it. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, this soundtrack for you is, is a slam dunk, I'm guessing. Yeah, for sure. The, I feel like uh, the the breakthrough at all, find your flame and undefeatable are just I. It's something that I was not expecting at all out of Sonic Team with music. Like I honestly think they got snubbed for best soundtrack at the Game Awards. I uh, like like I was memeing with like the uh, players vote one. Like like let's be honest. Gensha Impact is Gensha Impact, and their fans are gonna be Gensha Impact fans. But I mean, I I like I was baffled that it wasn't even like nominated because I I mean I don't like I guess the one thing like going back to the dreadful Sonic 06, I guess the one thing Sonic 06 did right was its main theme, his world by zebra I, did zebrahead make that um who made that song i, I can't remember who made that song it, but. it was either zebrahead or crush 40 the two of them were like transitioning from one to the other around that time but i think it was zebrahead okay i think you're right but i think that was like the last the last any like remotely hard rock because like i wouldn't say like city escape is ro- hard rock at all no 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 but i mean not even like even the cyber like some of the cyber level music had had me toe tapping i'm not gonna lie gentlemen but and uh the one okay rock of uh vandalize the vandalize was very good i thought and then uh the song that plays out at the ending credits uh what's that song called son of a bitch Uh, oh man i can't remember shit but i mean to wrap my uh, rant up here, I really, really love the music, and I really, really hope that they continue with on the on the uh, the more hard rock stuff. Uh, quick question: Who? What did win best soundtrack at Game Awards? Was it Genshin? No, no, no. They won Players Vote. Frontiers. That was the one oh, Frontiers okay. actually got nominated for. But the, but who did win best soundtrack? God of War Ragnarok. Oh, of course they did. Best soundtrack. Did. Oh, I'm sorry. That one was best score. Let me let me see if there's a difference here. I mean, it it should oh. be the same thing. Okay, then yes, God of War. Weird. That's weird to me. I w- would have put uh, Shredder's Revenge on that a uh, hundred times over. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. At least for soundtrack. Anyway. Yeah, I, I I like this soundtrack quite a lot. I, I like the older stuff from, you know, the 2D games and Sonic Adventure 2 just because I associate it with, uh, like, it, it gives me the good nostalgia feelings, right? And it's good music. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that it's entirely nostalgia-based. But, you know, they, that music hit me at a very specific age, at a very specific time. So 
I don't think anything will ever dethrone it from the Sonic universe anyway. Uh, but this soundtrack mm-hmm. is really good. I I love ambient soundscapes. I love good music that doesn't have melody. Very, very big mm-hmm. fan of that. Um, and it's cool that they went that direction with the open world. Because if I had to listen to something like Escape from the City on a loop in this open world, I, I would have not played the game at all. <laughs> I, I would have returned. That's I would have sounds a little bit like torture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the definition of too much of a good thing is uh, the repeat button on Escape from the City. Uh, so I'm glad that they went the direction that they did. I thought this soundtrack was was really nice. I I don't have any strong problems with it. I'm not a big fan of metalcore, so yeah, I, I you know, but it's not like you're not hearing that kind of hardcore chugging like metal stuff all the time. It is sparsed out throughout this this game. So yeah, the soundtrack uh, again, Tomoya Otani. Great job. The sound and the sound design too, like hearing Sonic smash off of springs, collect rings. It's it's as good as it's ever been. I mean, it's it's really really cool. Sometimes the sound design got a bit much on some of the more advanced techniques. Um like the 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 classic one that you get pretty early on that is almost like an easy mode button is you do a little combo, punch punch kick, and then when you're in the air you can hold R2 and Sonic will just start kicking sonic waves yeah. uh, and he just does it until you let go which is pretty funny to me but uh that sound design got on my nerves a lot just because of how in your face it is but you know homing attacks grinding on rails hitting the spring picking up uh everything uh completing a psi loop all of that is just really really great sound is one area where sonic team has never ever suffered like it's just always been consistently good i have a question for you too actually uh what did you guys think of because rick was talking about uh like attacks and stuff what did you guys think of the uh skill tree in a sonic game that is true we did not talk about the skill tree um mikey do you want to field this first yeah um, if, if you hadn't guessed, uh, I take issues with the skill tree. Um, I maxed it out by level two of the whole game. I, I maxed it out. I, I was done by, by the second island and not, not even the last one, not even the last thing you get on the skill tree. I think it's like third or fourth to last is just auto combos. You just unlock it and it just, after you do a, a certain combo, it just does all of the attacks for you. So obviously I turned that on and then it made like combat very easy, which then in turn let me get more skill points to get more of like the skill tree turned out. So um, I didn't think there's any meaningful difference in like the different skills or attacks that I got from it. Um, I felt like all of the attacks, instead of just homing straight on, one of them was homing straight on and then, oh man, you did a big loop and then you homed in and attacked him that way. But uh. Yeah, I would, I would have liked more diversity. If, if you're going to include a skill tree, at least try and make it feel like unique or individualized with the different attacks. That's fair. Yeah, you know, I I don't know how I feel about it. I don't think it's necessary to have a skill tree in a Sonic mm-hmm. game. I'm just, I, 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 when I came to that conclusion, like, okay, this skill tree is not necessary, the next question then becomes what should be in its place. And that's where I struggle. Like, I'm not sure, 
you know, do we take like a Devil May Cry system and like you could buy upgrades with rings? Is that another uh, avenue to go down? Is Could it be level based where you just get new abilities as you progress through the game naturally? Kind of like Sonic Adventure 2? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of just blended together to me the skill points into the large umbrella of collectibles, yeah. <laughs> you know? So maybe if it were divorced from the rest of the collectibles, I would feel differently as it stands. I mean, I, I, I got the skills. I just, you know, I wasn't wild about it, but you know, I mean, I got the skills. Uh, What I will say though, what I do think is super cool is that whenever you go from like a cyberspace level to the overworld or vice versa, or even when you're just doing some of these challenges, the load screen will let you practice these skills. And it will like mm-hmm. show you your button. Inputs. I really that as well. And every yeah, yeah, I I I thought that was a really nice design, and you could stay in there as long as you want. Like once it's done, it it doesn't take long to load at all on PS Five. And once you're uh, ready to go, you could press the button to go, or you could just stay and practice these skills because some of them have peculiar timings. There was one where you like do a homing attack and then dash and then do a bounce or some something like that that like the timing is a little weird. So it's super cool that they let you practice this. Mm-hmm. I th- that's one of the positive things I have to say about it. I definitely thought that was like at the beginning when I was trying to learn how to do these new moves and and these new combos. I thought that was an effective way to help me use it and practice it. Until you unlock the auto combo thing in the skill tree, at which point I'm like, I don't need to practice these anymore. It's going to do it for me. But up until that point, I, I I did think that was like a nice, cool, this is this is useful. I, I, I can use this. I don't know that I unlocked the auto combo thing. I, I don't think I did. I feel like I would remember unlocking that, but uh, who knows? You know, it's it's 2023. It feels like it was 2022 <laughs> minutes ago, so... Right. Who could say anymore? Uh, this this brings me to sort of uh, oh you know you know what I'm I'm realizing we mentioned that we were going to talk about the Titans next and then we completely didn't <laughs> uh, or if I I yeah so so let's let's just talk about them super quickly. The Titans are essentially this game's like boss fights and they're going to be scattered around the overworld. Um, it's a cool idea in concept. It was incredibly frustrating to me in the game. And I'll explain why. Because uh, way back towards the beginning of this episode, I think it was Mikey, I think you mentioned that, you know, you'd be going as you're exploring the overworld. The camera would want you to focus on this Titan and it would kind of draw you towards it. And then all of a sudden you are in combat. And in this game, at least from the Titans that I experienced, I'll, I'll be up front and say I did not finish this game. But from what I experienced, if you get into contact, into battle with a Titan, it is really tough to disengage from that if you don't want to fight it right then. The For example, and this happened to me so many times that I, I, I turned the game off at least twice. Uh, there is a Titan in the first <laughs> uh, island I, I think it's just called squid. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it flies around. It's, it's an airborne Titan. And what happens is whenever you engage with it, it leaves this like trail behind it and you have to jump on the trail, run on the trail, dodge the stuff it throws at you. 
and then eventually catch up and hit it. Fine. That's, I mean, that's fine. I, I found that fight to be pretty frustrating myself, but fine. The, the problem was, was that <laughs> if I would, ex- this is what happened to me. I would die on squid. I would lose all my rings. Then he would hit me. I'd be dead. Okay, fine. It would respawn me and immediately squid would bump into yes. me and I would be back into the battle and just rinse and repeat. And I, I tried running as far away from squid as I could. His boss music still was playing and I, I couldn't do anything until I tried to take care of him, died, and then I got respawned right back into his path again. So it's, it's really frustrating sometimes, but that was really the main one that I experienced this with. I don't remember hating any other Titan as much as I hated squid to be perfectly honest. I I don't know. Brock, what about you? Well, I had the same issue. I, that was another critique, uh, the running through the zone or open world, excuse me, having, uh, a goal to do. And then the game just being like, Nope, you're going to fight this Titan right here before you go anywhere else. But, uh, other than that, I'd have a problem with them, but the one I almost had me on the edge of raging almost is, and I'm not sure if you guys ran into it. I'm not sure what island it's on, but like if when you run up to the, it's like a pack of like they're, they, they're, they look like, like dogs or wolves. And once you engage with them, they start running very quickly, like in a circle and like the view is like looking down and you have to parry each dog when they attack you. And it took me forever to figure that out that I had to parry. I thought you only had to dodge them and I kept dying. And I was just like, what am I like? I was, I was, I was almost seething, but thankfully the internet exists and I could be like, okay, someone needs to help Brock out here. What? But it came to come to find out you had to parry, but those had me almost very upset. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I actually had a blast with the one. I wish I could remember the name, but like it was pretty much just like a like a tower, and like it had like you had to side loop it, and then you had to attack it, and then like it would shoot like spikes up from like the ground and stuff. You had to dodge, but uh, uh, I had a really fun with that one. But again, the forcing you to fight some titans when you had an when you have another objective that was very irritating but other than that um i didn't seem to have a problem with them i had the same issue what rick said like i would like if i had to run into one and the camera would all be all weird and then i would run away from it and then like i'd be i thought i'd make enough distance but it's just like i could still hear its music i'm like well how far jesus christ how far do i have to go but I, other than forcing you to fight him, I, 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 uh, other than that, I didn't have a problem with him. Yeah, I just, I, I have no complaints about it. Besides, like, the actual Titans themselves were fine. It was that the combat for me was repetitive. I think the worst part about running around and getting caught up in, and like, an unintentional, uh, fight was, like Rick said, you can't do anything. And he means anything. You can't pull up the pause menu to pull the map up because argument's sake i was like okay i didn't mean to go fight squid i'm going to run on and continue doing my mission i can't pull my map up to see where the mission is and then if i go there and i finally get to it and i want to go into one of the cyberspace zones and i'm still locked in combat 
it won't let me go into cyberspace because I'm locked in combat. I was like, ah, son of a bitch. Okay. So then I had to go fight it and then I can continue what I was doing. But it's like that, that definitely was obnoxious, just randomly getting caught up in these battles that weren't intentional. I think as far as like cons goes, that's probably my biggest one is, is, is how they, they handled this. Um, you know, so the open world being meh. I mean, we've seen that countless times at this point. The bugs, there's only so much you can do about that. Uh, but how they handled the Titan fights, that just consistently, it's not a huge deal, but it consistently just kind of made me a little bit grumpy, you know? Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, in terms of fighting them, uh, mostly straightforward, not, not ever too crazy difficult. Some of the tricky ones, like, parrying uh all of the dogs that are circling you sure uh and squid i mean squid took me more than a couple times to actually take down so there are definitely challenging ones but i mean for every challenging one there's also one that really just requires a psi loop and then punch rinse and repeat mm-hmm. so uh we are just about at time for this episode but i did want to end on this sort of discussion um, the Sonic fandom has endured a lot <laughs> over, over the past few years. And I just want to, I, I, I wanted to open this up sort of just a uh, discussion style. Is this a step in the right direction for this series? Like, do you think Frontiers yes. is creating a new path that you would like to see the series continue on, uh, toward, or do you think that they should step back and reassess some of the things that they're trying to do here? Uh, uh, Brock, I, I think you probably feel more emphatic <laughs> than Mikey and I. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how Mikey feels about it, but it, it seems like you are kind of champing at the bit to answer. So what do you, what do you think? To make my answer short is yes. I feel like Frontiers is a fantastic step in the right direction. I'm not sure if that means just to stick with open world or I'm not sure if they have a better idea over in the good old Sega building, but I just know like it's, it's just a callback to what I said earlier. Like hopefully, and I'm pretty sure they are. Hopefully they listen to the fan base and take and run with what everybody loved and, uh, and, attack the stuff that people said they need to work on the standard before frontiers was so low and it was so sad and i and a part of me is just like you're raving about this game so much it's because everything else before it was crap before and it's just i just i hope i i pray and i hope that they listen to the fan base to the reasonable ones at least and they if that means sticking with the open world i'm not going to complain about it stick with the open world that's i'm completely okay with that i don't have a problem with it if that if there's another answer somewhere and i don't have that answer i don't know what that answer is but if there's something else uh they have cooking up uh just don't don't go back just please sega if you're somehow listening to rick's podcast right now do not go back to forces or the generations is fine. I feel like the last generations 
when they did the whole 2D classic Sonic levels and stuff. I feel like just we've 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 gotten enough of classic Sonic in my opinion. Just put him on the shelf and keep the script how it is. Roger Roger finally got good writers. They written it wasn't 20 it wasn't 24/7 corny jokes trying to break the fourth wall, trying to be cute. It was finally a little bit dramatic, but while at the same time like it wasn't taking itself too serious too seriously. But there is a seriousness in that. At the same time, uh, Roger did a fantastic job with the whole fixing Sonic's voice. Kind of, I, apparently, they had him lower the the voice down a little bit, which is great. Uh, it just, I don't, I, I, w- I just wish I had the answer, but I don't. But going just going off of forces alone, I feel like we're onto something bigger and better. And if Sega's listening, don't sue me for all of your music that I'm using <laughs> in this uh, work where I receive no money for it. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think the solution is going back to generations. I think generations was a one off thing, and I think it's great that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say no to another Sonic Mania, uh, but I don't think that needs to mm-hmm. be the mainline thing, you know. I, it's so funny. Like I, I didn't do any research into this. I should have. I wonder if the folks that made Mania, uh, like I wonder if they got any job offers because they deserve one, for sure. It would be surprising if they didn't get jobs. For the people that made Mania. Yeah, you would hope. I mean, they did. They did a knock up job. Um, I wouldn't say no to another one of those, but I, I don't think it needs to be a mainline thing. Um, or you know, if it is a mainline thing. I, I, I don't even know. I don't think this solution is going back to classic Sonic. Um, I don't. What do you What do you think, Mikey? Is this a Is this a good direction for 3D Sonic to go? Do you think they should reconsider some of the choices they made? If okay, so I if the next Sonic game is an open zone concept like this, I probably won't get it, just because I was so disappointed by this one. I was about to say. I would love for them to go back to Sonic Mania. That's just like pure distilled Sonic where it's just platforming at its finest with minimal story, which is what I I, I go to Sonic the Hedgehog for. Um, I think if they do, um, just like in general, I think platforming games have come such a long way that we've kind of like circled back to now there's modern platform games that are just like, retro inspired and they're kind of like doing their own thing as if they were just like a better 16-bit video game and i think you can go back to a lot of like really well done modern 2d platformers and sonic can take inspiration from that or or even if you went back to like the 3d sonic because i know a lot of people like that i think sonic at his core like you said he's got to go fast he's got to have an attitude so as long as you have like Fast platforming as the main element, I think that works. And I think with Sonic Frontiers, what they try to do, they try to make exploration and expansion the main element, and I think that detracted from it. So just like, I am... I don't know if there is a happy medium with the two. Um, if you do open world, I think it would have to be significantly smaller. Um, you, you can do an open zone that way where there's still platforming elements, but it's that's the main focus as compared to the exploration. Um, but really just... 
Son- sign me up for Sonic Mania 2. It's like the best reviewed Sonic game they've had in like a decade after they did Sonic Mania. Sega straight up said, eh, we're never going back to it. And I think that's so dumb. It sold well. It scored well. People liked it. And Sega's like, nah, we're done with that. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, I can I can understand why they want to try new things for sure. Um, you know, I, I would... I would like to see Sonic Mania in the hands of the team that made it, not in Sega's hands, if that makes sense. So I, I looked it up. You mentioned if the team did anything afterwards. Uh, Christian Whitehead, the, the the guy who who spearheaded it, who worked on like Sonic fan games before that. Um, after Sonic Mania, he worked with so- uh, he did some work on Sonic Origins, which was like just a port of the old games. But he also started working on Freedom Planet 2, which, if you don't know, started off as, like, a fan game of, like, the old school Sonic games, but with, like, a focus on taking the elements of, like, Sonic 3 with, like, the different characters and the platforming and, and like, doing that. So, like, he's continuing to do work in the 2D platforming, like, environment. Mikey, if you get your... If you get a sequel to uh, Mania before, like... I don't know. I I've been waiting so long for something with the adventure series. Like if I don't get an adventure three, if, if there's a mania two before Sonic adventure three, I might just have to riot you guys. <laughs> you, you have Sonic adventure three. It's Sonic 06. And that's not me joking. Don't. It was legitimately no. in development as no. Sonic adventure three. That that's how the development started. That's what that game is. You have it. Go no, play it. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. I, I refuse. I, I knew that was coming I as soon as you started that sentence. Okay, but before we close out, I, I just want to say I made it further in Sonic 06 than I did in Sonic Frontiers before I said fuck it and stopped playing both of those games. What? Yeah, that's <sighs> genuinely surprising to me. Yes. Um, for Sonic 06, I stopped playing because it kept glitching and I physically could not beat the level. I put Sonic Frontiers down because I was not enjoying it. So take that as you will. I forced myself to beat 06. <laughs> I forced myself to beat 06. Uh, I can't believe that. You really went... That's hard to believe. I, I believe you, but that's really hard to believe. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm, I'm pretty shocked at that too. Uh, and th- and that's not a criticism of Sonic 06. That's a, I mean, sorry, that's not a compliment of Sonic 06. That's a criticism of Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you have it. I mean, I, I think we're pretty divided on almost everything except the music and the visuals here. I, yeah, I mean, it, it, it seemed like we didn't have a ton of common ground, but I think that's good. I mean, I think it's good to examine these especially these newer games that are contemporary with uh with folks that are into them and think that they're worthwhile and folks that think that they miss the mark completely um i don't (laughs) i don't think i'm in either of those i i think i'm somewhere in the middle personally but you know it's sonic and i i think one thing we can agree on is this is probably the best 3d sonic game that's come out since uh Jeez, I mean, some might say Generations, some might even say Sonic Adventure 2, some might say that one with the knight on the Wii, uh, but definitely better than Forces and definitely a solid game for that fan base. For them. I mean, Mikey, I know that you're not, you weren't, you didn't like this game very much, and 
that's I mean that's fine. But you uh you know if if you are somebody like Brock that's been playing every 3D Sonic, waiting for that one that finally hits that's finally decent, I you know you could have done worse than Frontiers, which is very faint praise, but I mean <laughs> it's true. But to say I. I don't want to get into this now because we're wrapping up, but I I surprisingly enjoyed uh, Forces. I thought it was close to Sonic Underground, which was my preferred uh, cartoon as a kid. And my OC, Do Not Steal character, was uh, I made it after my dog, which I, I think gave me a personal touch to that game, which made me like it. But but yeah, I, I'm, I will say I'm curious and excited, but a little bit he- hesitant to see where Sonic goes in the future. Okay, so Mikey liked Sonic 06 more than Frontiers and was a fan of Sonic Forces. Okay, I'm just making yeah. sure that I that I'm understanding properly. Yeah. That is baffling. That is baffling. It's it's pretty weird. That is insane. Absolutely insane. I I'm trying to think this might be like the only Sonic game I haven't enjoyed. Which is just more surprising. I I, I know it's an audio medium, but you should see their faces now. Oh, <laughs> uh, you gotta be memeing, Mikey. You have to be. <laughs> no, this is like legitimately the only Sonic game I haven't enjoyed. But you liked 06? <laughs> no, no I, I, 06 was fine. It was more passable than this. I, I'll, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, co- I'll come on your podcast and we can debate Sonic. I don't want to hold Rick up any longer. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's right. We, uh, we, we do have to call it for today. But before we do, uh, I did want to say, I mean, again, thank you both for coming on. And I want to give you a quick platform to sort of talk about what you're doing. Uh, Mikey, I know you've got Big Drink Energy, which, I mean, you, you haven't been active on that show for a little bit. But <laughs> I, I know that you've got other things going on. So do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, uh I, I took a bit of a podcasting break. I became a full-time guest, but I'm trying – 2023 New Year's resolution was trying to get back into it. So I have a couple things lined up. Uh, the last episode I put out, we reviewed a Australian children's cartoon. It's called Bluey's Bullpen. Uh, you can find that. I'm going to have a couple podcasts about fighting games coming up in the near future. Hopefully, I, I have two people scheduled for that. So you can find me on Twitter at MikeyTabletop or follow the pod at BDE, Pod. Uh, it's like the RSS feed right now is like a variety show. I'm sure there is something you can find there that, that you'll enjoy. So, yeah, you, you can find me there if you're so inclined. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to those uh, fighting game podcasts. Very much so. Uh, Brock, you've got the outcasts. You've got voice acting stuff. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to and where to find you. Uh, yeah, uh, you say that with Mikey being away, but I, the outcast right now is very, it's very dry. You guys, it's, uh, Braden, John and I have scheduling has been the, uh, the scheduling has been affecting the outcast podcast a lot, but you, yeah, you could find me over there. Um, you can, if, if you guys follow Rick and Mikey on Twitter, I'm sure I'm somewhere in the threads saying something, idiotic i'm sure so if you want hit me up with a follow if you ever see me um and uh you can't really follow me with anything voice act i'm moving to dallas soon for va so uh not sure if that recalls it or anything but uh uh yeah i think that's about it on that note 
Cool, man. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to just be like, oh, yeah, and uh, these guys have podcasts that <laughs> don't do anything anymore. So, but, I mean, they are, they are both good shows. You should absolutely check them out. Uh, and check out all of the other stuff that they've got going on on the interwebs. Once again, thank you uh, very much for tuning in. I, I want to say again thank you to Mikey and to Brock. Uh, really happy. I, I think you two were the clear best guests for this episode uh, and for any Sonic episode, really. So thank you again for, for hopping on. Thanks for having me on, my guy, my guys. It's been fun. For the time being, though, I am going to sign off for the day. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Mikey and Brock, for stopping by. Until next time, I am Rick Firestone. Thanks for listening to Pixel Project Radio. We'll catch you next time. Take care.